0: Welcome to the Race with Jesus podcast, ten minutes every day with life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6. If any one of you has a case against another, does he dare to seek judgment before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to deal with insignificant lawsuits? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the matters of this life? So if you have lawsuits involving matters of this life, do you appoint those men as your judges whom the church considers of no account? I say this to make you feel ashamed. Is it really the case that there is not one wise man among you who would be able to decide a dispute between his brothers? Instead, brother sues brother, and that in front of unbelievers— The fact that you have lawsuits with one another is already a complete failure on your part. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? Instead, you yourselves do the wronging and the defrauding, and you do it to your brothers. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor males who have sex with males, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor the verbally abusive, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you were those types of people. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. All things are permitted for me, so you say, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permitted for me, But I will not allow anything to control me. Food for the belly, and the belly is for foods, but God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I remove, then, the members of Christ to make them members of a prostitute? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute is one in body with her? For it says, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. This is the word of our God. As we see from the opening verses, the opening chapters of this book, that there is a tremendous misunderstanding about the nature of law and gospel. There's a tremendous misunderstanding about the purpose of the Christian life. The Corinthians, it seems, have just come up with this mixture of, of Christian teaching and in greek teaching because the greeks value wisdom and they they loved talking about philosophy and talking about ideas and sitting around and talking about them and so, I could definitely see the possibility that in this large metropolitan area where you know it's a city on the move it's bustling it's busy there are professional people, there are everyday you know blue collar working class people, everybody in between that the church there wanted to make sure that they they didn't appear to be too stringent, that they wanted to appeal in their message to the world around them to that city in which they were serving and living and and I could definitely see that perhaps they had begun to reduce their teaching about Jesus and to elevate their discussion of wisdom, that discussion of wisdom because it was something that the Greek people valued. And rather than, rather than a congregational proclamation of, I died to sin, I have been buried with Jesus, I have been raised with him in holy baptism, they, they talk about Jesus they await his return. They treasure his gift of the spirit, and they apparently, as we see in um, a little bit later in chapter seven, and then again in Second Corinthians, they really, really thought highly of the gifts of the spirit. But they didn't treasure Jesus particularly as savior, but simply as the giver of knowledge, and that is the linchpin connecting their version their wrong version of Christianity with biblical teaching, seeing Jesus as simply the giver of knowledge, because knowledge and the giver of knowledge would seem appealing to that that city around them. It would seem as something that would be palatable rather than something that would drive people away by their message. They exalted Christ as the giver of knowledge. And then they treasure the gifts of the Spirit, primarily as a means to know about God, as the way to wisdom. And so at the apex of their theology, at the peak of their theology, was that idea of wisdom rather than the glory of God, wisdom that is wisdom for me, my knowledge that I have rather than saying, I live to glorify God, and I glorify God every time that I, yes, I live according to his word and to his will, because God is the one who justified me, who washed me, who sanctified me, and who continues to work through me to give him glory, and their concept? Well, I live because God has given me a special wisdom, and this special wisdom has set me free from the stringent constraints of God's law. And that's part of, I think, what's going on in the background here. No, they didn't necessarily say that they were set free from all aspects of God's law, but certainly, certainly they think that they don't have to listen to God's law. And that's what we have with this case of really three major aspects of immorality. The last chapter talking about the man who had his father's wife. This chapter talked about lawsuits and then talking about sexual immorality a little bit more broadly. That discussion of lawsuits, you can see the irony as Paul talks about wisdom and as Paul talks about um, people who are insignificant he says, do you, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Dare you seek judgment before the unrighteous and not before the saints? And that emphasis, as Paul writes here in 1 Corinthians 6, that emphasis on the saints, that these are people whom Jesus has washed. These are people who have been washed and who have been set free and set apart and sanctified. That emphasis is on the status that God has won and done for them not on the measure of their wisdom or the lack thereof. And if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to deal with insignificant lawsuits? Do you not know that we will judge angels and that, that reference probably to um, judgment day after we have the the separation between between the sheep and the goats, the believers and unbelievers, and that final element before you know before there's the final departure when Jesus says, "Depart from me," and the saints and the believers on his side will stand there cheering that yes, God's judgment is just, and yes, God's judgment is good, and we will stand there cheering that that God's judgment is correct. And Paul says, if you have lawsuits involving matters of this life, why don't you involve those people that are even of low account? Because we don't judge according to a measure of human wisdom, but rather according to the work of God through his word and sacrament. And then the other aspect of that, he flips it around it's not just a matter of judgment, but of Christian love, that I would rather be wronged than to do anything that would fracture the fellowship that we share. And with both parties saying that in this apparent lawsuit, each one saying I'd rather be wronged, then that would come to a fairly quick conclusion, a fairly quick conclusion that we don't have to be squabbling and arguing about this. We can settle this in with some congeniality. And then the last part, the last uh, portion of this chapter, Paul quotes back at them a number of things that they say. And I and I added that phrase, as you say, to kinda hopefully bring that out in verse twelve. All things are permitted for me, as you say. All things are permitted for me a little bit later there in verse twelve. And then the other the other mantra that they seem to have glommed onto foods are for the belly and the belly is for foods, but God will do away with both of them. And so there they have this idea of wisdom, that they have a higher wisdom, that they have a better wisdom, and that they, they see that God had done away with the Old Testament ceremonial law, and now they lump in with that the moral law that discusses the proper use of the body. And so that phrase, all things are permitted for me, it hinges on the idea of I have the wisdom to use my freedom as I see fit. And Paul says, well, not all things are beneficial. And Paul says in verse 12, I will not allow anything to control me. And then finally, verse 13, they say, well, you know, my sexual activity, it's just an appetite. I just need to feed it the same way as I feed my belly. And Paul says, absolutely not. Do not think that way. Because... Because God will destroy them both. But don't you know that you will be raised from the dead? And don't you know that you are members of the body of Christ? And don't you know that you are one in spirit with him? And don't you know that sexual immorality is a sin against your own body? And after he says all that, he concludes with this beautiful statement. You are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. The grace of our Lord even extends to one's body, that we live for the Lord. As he says in verse 13, The grace of our Lord marked this body for resurrection and eternal life, made it a member of himself and a temple of the Holy Spirit, a place of sanctity. No longer something for us to do with as we please, that we are not our own. Rather, that we are in our body an instrument of worship. But I think as we kind of wrap up today, this is something worth talking about for sure. That um, that the sins against the body, that the whole category of sexual sins are particularly enslaving. And Paul notes that here, that there are some sins outside of one's body that are different. You think about theft. You think about even even murder. You think about disobe- being disobedient to authority or sins against the Eighth Commandment with um, reputation and false testimony. But sins here related to the use of the body, the godly use of the body, and the Sixth Commandment about adultery, these sins are particularly ensnaring. And in Corinth, it showed up with prostitutes. In the modern day, well, Maybe prostitution isn't as familiar for most people, but at the same time, there is the danger of of well, that, that device we have in our pockets, that pocket computer known as a cell phone, and the temptation that can be found there. There are all sorts of ways that the tempting snare of sexual sin can creep into one's life, and even especially at a young age. When I was growing up... Um, the average age for first exposure to pornographic material was sixth grade and since then it has reduced down to third grade and you know smartphones and tablet technology has certainly hastened that along because now there's there's an easy market for it and those who produce the material know that if they can get a customer early on then that customer is hooked for a long time but paul says that you have been washed you have been sanctified and so i'm here to say if this is something that you have struggled with or ever struggled with or know somebody who's struggled with or if you have a teenager or a young person in your home especially that there is help that even if it feels like you are trapped you're not because even though even though a lot of these sins take on the characteristics of addiction, at the same time, what Paul says here and what Paul says in Romans chapter 6 is that, yes, dear friend, dear Christian, you have been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been set apart, you have been raised with Jesus so that you die to sin, and now you live with him. And that is a spiritual reality that is stronger than your feelings about the matter. And so if that is something that that is a difficulty for you. Feel free to reach out to me, Pastor Hagen, here at the Raise With Jesus podcast. The contact info is in the show notes or take that first step and check out the other link that I'm going to put in the show notes, um, our Synod's Initiative, our church body's work entitled Freedom for the Captives to those especially who have been affected and ensnared by, by pornography as the the major sin or the major topic that they deal with. And in such a way that they want to make sure that, yes, dear Christian, this is a topic that you and i have to deal with today this is a topic that our young people are especially dealing with and perhaps even confused about and perhaps even ensnared in and so we don't treat sin with disgust or revulsion we treat sin with care and concern and yes law and gospel to help that person to be free so that, as Paul says here in, in Romans chapter 6, um, verse 12, all things are permitted for me. So they said, but Paul says, but I will not allow anything to control me. The body is not for sexual immor- immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And so, dear Christian, you have been set free, and that's a reality. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Went a little long today, but it's Holy Week, and sometimes it's good to talk about these things, and especially as um, as they come up here in 1 Corinthians. There's a lot of commonality between the people living in the city of Corinth at that time and people here today living in in our modern society, modern culture. And again, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, uh, feel free to check out the show notes. You can email me, Pastor Hagen, P-A-S-T-O r-h-a-g-e-n at icloud.com contact the podcast directly rwjpodcast.gmail.com um, or i think my phone number is in the show notes as well feel free to text or call and also that link for freedom for the captives god bless your day